All right. Well, hey, little false advertising here. I have to tell you that. You know, if, if you're here for the first time, it's not Vacation Bible School every week here. And uh, that, so, yeah, so that if, if you come back, it won't be exactly the same. So just uh, let you know that, truth in advertising. And also the bit about a short message. I don't know who said that. Uh-uh. Nope, that's not actually true. Minimally shorter. How, how's that? Does that make you feel a little bit better? There's an old Gaither tune called There Is Something About That Name. And uh, yeah, I don't, you probably don't even know who the Gaithers are. That, that goes way back. A little dated, I have to say. But there is some really good truth in that song. And in one particular phrase, it, it's speaking of the name of Jesus, says, Like the fragrance after the rain. How many know the fragrance after the rain? Okay, familiar, familiar smell to you. I found out there's a name for that the other day. Uh, and you might think I'm going with Jesus, but no, that's not the name they gave it. They, name it, they gave it the name Petrichor. Say, anybody ever heard of Petrichor in here? Okay, interesting. It's made up of a number of different chemicals. Uh, it's got ozone in there. We're all very familiar with the, the scent. But it also contains a chemical you, you've probably never heard of called geosmin. Geosmin. And uh, geosmin, for those chemists among us, is, uh, is C12H22O. So there you've been informed, now you know. Um, but the funny thing about geosmin that, that I learned is that even though the human nose is so inferior to all the animal noses that are out there, we can smell, our noses are capable of smelling geosmin somewhere between five and 400 parts Per trillion. Does that sound amazing to you or not? I think it should. That is, that is far more sensitive than a shark is to blood in the water. So why? Like, why would that be? Of all, of all the things, why do, why do we smell that wonderful fragrance and, and notice it when it happens? And uh, my answer to that is uh, not evolution. Uh, I don't think evolution could have produced that. If evolution was going to produce something useful, why don't we smell, smell carbon monoxide? Um, no, I think, I think the reason we smell it is because God wants us to have joy. That there is something joyous about that. And in the same way, the name of Jesus is, I'll give the Gaithers credit, it is like the fragrance after the rain. And, and, and I know it's a little bit poetic and so forth and maybe sounds mystical. But I'm not talking about the sound of the name Jesus, which is just an English way of pronouncing the Hebrew Yeshua. It's not the sound per se of the consonants and, and the vowels co- coming together. It's what it means. We're going to look at that today really quickly. Discover the beautiful name of Jesus. Discover the beautiful name of Jesus. And really this whole week we've been talking about Jesus. I've been, yeah, I, I was made aware of kind of what, where the themes were going to go, and I decided to um, make the message fit that to some extent. So first of all, the name of Jesus is life. Life is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it's amazing. No, it, it is, it is, life is one of those really absolutely incredible, crazy things when you really stop and think about it. It's just that we're so used to living, we don't think about it. We take living for granted. But, you know, scientists have now looked at the, at the finding, fine-tuning of the universe, and the universe is so precisely tuned. The variables are within such narrow parameters that scientists now realize that it is statistically impossible for life to exist. 
Statistically impossible. And so science has, has even jumped to these wild ideas about multiverses. Have you ever heard about the multiverse? The reason that they have come up with the idea of the multiverse is because they know that if it was just one universe randomly happen, happening, life wouldn't exist. So they have, to, they have to actually posit the idea of infinite numbers of multiverses for there to be one universe in which life could happen. Is that crazy or what? Or just, just, just your own life right now. Think about this for a minute. If you've been looking at these visions of, of, of the universe that, that the new uh, space telescope has been showing us, and you think about the millions of galaxies out there and the trillions upon trillions of stars that are out there and the planets and all of those, but you are on this planet, you are in this exact time and in this moment, and you're sitting here getting tired, and you're sitting here wishing that I was done, and you, See, yeah, because words traveled through the air and they struck your ears and your brain took that information and, and was able to make sense of it. And, and that's life. Life is, is, is crazy miraculous. And at the same time, we live, in, we, live we who hear this, and, and we're, we're alive with the knowledge that someday we're going to die. Isn't that crazy? It just, it, it blows you away. In the midst of the miracle of life, there is the reality of death. And that bothers us. That bothers us. And, and people think it's not fair. Well, if, if, a, if a sort of unknowing, unfeeling, fatalistic universe just spat us up, why would it, why would it be a problem that there's life and that there's death? We know in the, our hearts that death shouldn't be. The scripture says that God put eternity in our hearts, and yet not in such a way that we would figure out everything that God is doing. The Bible gives us an explanation for death. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Sin brought death. We are all on the receiving end of death because of sin, because of union with our father Adam. We are one in him, if you will, and we've inherited a sin nature and we add sin upon sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which means we have all, though we are alive, we have all earned death. We have reaped what we have sown. And of course, death is not simply the secession of life in Scripture. When the Bible talks about death, it doesn't just mean that we stop breathing and we start decaying. No, death means separation, eternal separation from God. It's what the Bible means when it says perish. You've heard the, John, the famous verse, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish. And, that, and that's not just dying. It's talking about being eternally separated from God. But what if there was a name? Just hear me out on this for a moment. Kids might be already on top of this because they've spent all week learning. But what if there were that one name, some name that would, that would set aside death itself and, and bring us life? You imagine tomorrow if they came up with a drug We'll call it Zoe from the Greek life. And they brought out this drug and it cures cancer. But no, there's more. It cures heart disease. But no, there's more. It cures kidney disease. It cures every disease. It stops the aging 
process. It reverses the aging process. New drug, Zoe. People would be killing each other to get to Walgreens to get in line. You think the, that that line in the drive through is bad now. Imagine what that would be like, and people would be naming streets after whoever came up with the drug. John writes in his gospel, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It is the name of Jesus, the name through whom, the one through whom all things that are living came into existence. Nothing, was, nothing is made that wasn't made through him, and he is the name that brings life. Many people think they've already come to terms with death. You know, people are like, ah, you know, I'm not worried about eternal life and so on and so forth. It doesn't matter. You just take a long dirt nap. Death doesn't frighten me. You know, I think that's a deception people tell themselves. I think it's a rationalization. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't care. Eh, live forever. I can take it or leave it. You know, they say that when people jump off the Golden Gate Bridge, there have been a lot of people through the years that have killed themselves that way, but then... There have been a certain number that have survived, and those survivors have talked amongst themselves, and it seems to be universally true that all those who have survived, they said the moment they stepped off, they knew they were making a mistake. They knew that they'd made a mistake and that what they really wanted was life. We want life. We're just afraid to grab hold of it. We're afraid to hope for it for fear that our hopes will be crushed. Jesus is the name the name that brings life. It is a beautiful fragrance. Discover the beauty of the name of Jesus today. Secondly, the name of Jesus is salvation. I'll never forget one day many, many, many years ago, the house across the street from me in my hometown caught on fire. Didn't know that it was on fire till I heard the fire uh, trucks and the, and the sirens. And I went outside and, uh, and there was a crowd gathering and smoke and flame. And, and the firemen had axes and ladders and they were doing the whole, it was like a Hollywood movie. You know, the Hindenburg disaster, all the humanity, there was so much humanity, there's so much pathos. I just, you know, I, I'm not a fireman, so I just stood there with the rest of the crowd watching, but we were watching these guys do their thing, and, and it was absolutely amazing. And sure enough, at some point, one of them brought, carried out, you know, a, a fully grown adult, you know, human being. And it was, a, it was an amazing electric moment. We can appreciate that when we see somebody saved from a burning car or a burning home. We need, though, a Savior for more than just our earthly bodies. We need a Savior who can save our soul for eternity. Jesus said, And do, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. There is a name, a name that is more thrilling and more infinitely worthy and glorious than even the most heroic firefighter or policeman who has ever lived, and it is the name of Jesus. Through him we have salvation, salvation in his name. The scripture says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus captures within it all that is needed for our soul's salvation. In fact, it was the reason his name was given. Do you remember the angelic appearances, one to Mary and one to Joseph? 
In Matthew's gospel, the angel says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, why? Why Jesus for the one who would save them from their sin? Well, again, Jesus comes from the Hebrew Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. Every piece of our salvation, every aspect of of salvation required, whether we're talking about justification, forgiveness, adoption, reconciliation, atonement, whatever else may be named when we're thinking of, of salvation, it is all given in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Think about this for a moment. When you're desperate and you are hopeless, what name comes to your lips? When you are weary and heavy laden, what what name springs up from the depth of your soul? When you're afraid and when the darkness seems to be just swallowing you up, what name stills and calms your nerves? When you're confused, when you're confused and all you seem to hear are voices that condemn you, what name is it that pierces through the clouds and brings you comfort? It is the name, the one and only name of Jesus Christ. It is a beautiful name. Scripture says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what is the name? What is that name of the Lord that you call upon? It's the name of Jesus. Thirdly, the name of Jesus is King. I had an interesting uh, aha thing happen the other day. Growing up next door to me, there was a, uh, a friend, we could call him a friend, playmate, uh, sometimes nemesis, Jimmy. I won't give you his last name, Jimmy, but that was his first name, Jimmy. Um, he was the guy that I would have voted most likely to die of a heroin overdose. And, uh, you know, in junior high, he wasn't doing heroin. It, he just looked like that kind of kid. Everything about him just screamed, I'm in trouble and I'm getting into more. And I thought... For years, I've just thought, yeah, he's dead, right? I mean, he's got to be buried somewhere. Uh, never heard anything more from him. And then all at once, he reached out to me on Facebook. And I, oh, you still alive? What? How did that happen? And, uh, and, he, and, he, and he tells me that he's actually had a, a pretty decent life, which I just couldn't. Well, do you know what happened? He got into trouble, got into more trouble. Pretty soon he was in a lot of trouble. And his dad says, you're joining the army. And the army actually took him. Because at that moment, back in the 70s, they were hard-pressed to find people after Vietnam. So they took him, and they tore him down, and they put him back together, and they told him what to do and when to do and where to go to do it. And he ended up having a whole career in the military. He ended up having a wife and children and a happy life. You see, we all think that we can live our lives by our own dictates, we think, we, we think we're smart enough and good enough that we, that we can control everything. But, you know, blessed are those sometimes who have found out that they're not in control, and then they found one, you know, that, that will sort of take the reins. And Jimmy found that in the army. But, you know, we need someone that, that can show us the whole direction of our, of our lives, the direction of our souls, Paul could say in Romans, and maybe, this, maybe some of you who are here, if you don't know the Lord, maybe you know this moment, but Paul would say, Wretched man that I am, 
Who will deliver me from this body of death? And Paul's just talking about the whole, the whole sinful nature of mankind, our rebellion, our self-will. And with that, all of, the, all of the problems, all of the addictions, all of the confusion that goes with that. Who will deliver me from that? Saul, who became Paul, uh, was ready to give up control of his life when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Do you remember that? He's on his way to Damascus, and Jesus appears to him, the resurrected Christ, and he ends up blinded from the, the ordeal. But, but uh, Jesus speaks to him and says, you know, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He also says, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. That was the thing that they used to keep the oxen kind of going in the same direction, little spiky things. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Yeah, Paul was trying to make it on his own. He was trying to live his own life according to his own best thinking, and it was hard. It wasn't working for him. He needed the Lord. The name of the Lord Jesus is the name of rule and authority. His name is king. You say, well, I don't see that very often. Where does it say that? It says it through every page of the New Testament, except it doesn't usually say king. It it says Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. Christ. You say, is Christ his last name? What kind of? You know, in a certain sense it is. I mean, because Christ actually means the Messiah, the anointed king. He is the king who sits on David's throne. He is David's son, and and he is God's son. Paul says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Think about that for just a minute. At the name of Jesus, everyone will bow. Everyone who has ever lived, everyone who has ever drawn breath, every intelligent being throughout the entire universe that God has created, principalities and powers, angels, fallen angels, all will bend the knee at one name, and the name that they will bend the knee to is Jesus Christ. When Jesus sent out 72 to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick and to drive out demons, they returned to him. It says the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Why did they submit themselves to these 72? We don't even know most of the names of those 72. You might not know any of the names of the 72 now that I think about it. But, but uh, yeah, why? Why did the demons submit? Why did, why did they flee? Not because those 72 guys were so extraordinary in themselves. They fled because of the name of Jesus. They submitted to that name. If the name of Jesus is lovely to you, and I trust that it is, then really when you come to Christ and you call him the Christ and you call him Lord, effectively you are surrendering to him as the one who has authority and rule over your life. You're saying, I can't do this on my own. On my own, I'm Jimmy. I'm I'm heading to a a bad end. But in Christ, there is is life and there there is peace and there is goodness. But it's only in him. It's only when we bow the knee to him. The name of Jesus is the Christ. He is the King. And so when we say Jesus Christ is Lord, we're we're taking his banner, the banner of the King, and we're we're putting it down on the territory that is us, that 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 is me. 
Do you see the goodness of that? Do you see the kindness and goodness of the rule of Jesus Christ? He is willing not only to bring you life. He's willing not only to save your soul, but but this Christ is willing to come and rule gently and kindly and rightly over you. Discover the name of Jesus and the beauty of that name. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is kind of a horse-to-water phenomenon. I can stand up here all day and preach about the goodness of Jesus, but you'll notice I have shortened this as best I could. Um, But the truth of the matter is, I can talk to you about Jesus. I can share information about Jesus. I can tell you about Geosmen and tell you that that it's C12H22O, and you go, oh, okay, well, now I know. No, you don't know. You don't know what the smell of the rain is like until you walk outside or open the window and, that, and you're hit by that. And suddenly, not in a sciencey kind of way, but, but in an experiential way, you know what that smells like. You know the joy all at once of what that means. So I can, I can be up here. I can preach to you. I can say, come to Jesus. The children can shout, trust Jesus. And, it, and maybe it sounds good. The only way for you to ultimately fully understand the goodness of Jesus is to come to him and trust him and believe in him. Discover the beauty of the name of Jesus. If you're already his follower today, um, then I would just say, hey, take, take some time. You know, if it, if it rained today, oh, that'd be nice, right? I'd want to open the window. I'd want to breathe that in. If you know Jesus already, then just drink it in. Just enjoy. Why did God give us that capacity for joy? Because God's good. Because God's good. And we have seen and known his goodness in Jesus. If you don't know him today, just, I just urge you, come to the end of your self-confidence and your self-rule. Where has that really gotten you? Where, what do you have? You have rationalizations. You, you, you have ways of pushing aside ultimate questions. You don't ask anymore, why am I here? You don't ask anymore, where, where am I going? You, you push that away and, and you try to tell yourself, that you know, oh, there's just a long dirt nap waiting for me at the end of it and I'm not going to think about that. I ask you today, what if, what if there were a name? What if there were a name that would bring you eternal life, a relationship with God, salvation, and his kingly and right rule over you. There is that name, and the name is Jesus. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved.